Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and pick winners. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an All-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Chicago Sports Betting Show. Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying, you've got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about. Over or under? Under would be the key word. Hello? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Saturday mornings on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. Changing things up, entering week 11 of the NFL season and week 12 for college football. Shaping up like another excellent weekend for football. I'll go over a few of the picks that I like and bring you some awesome information that we have each weekday night, 5 to 9 p.m. on You Better You Bet on the Radio.com app. And the podcast is always available as well. And you should follow us on Twitter at You Better You Bet because we tweet out picks and also a bunch of great video clips. Again, that's at You Better You Bet. Give us a follow over there. And it's all free gambling information. Now let's start with the Bears and Rams. Typically, when you have a large point spread, like six and a half, seven, where the Rams sit right now as nearly touchdown favorites and a low total of 40, which is the second lowest total of the week, you always want to see if you can make a case for an underdog. Do you think that they're going to hang around in this game? Both quarterbacks are bad not getting much better, supposed offensive genius head coaches, also the play callers. But uh, L.A.'s injury report is an absolute mess. Their center, Brian Allen, out for the season. Right tackle, Rob Haverstein, is also out. So that means major downgrades for multiple spots on the Rams' O-line. Bears' D must get home. Anytime there's cluster injuries on the offensive line, you have to take a look, and that's a big deal. Deep threat, Brandon Cooks, also out once again. Top two tight ends for the Rams pop up on the injury report. It sounds like they're going to play. Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald don't lead their respective teams in sacks, but they should cause a lot of havoc on Sunday night. Whether it's the Bears going against this, what should be a weak Rams O-line, or vice versa. A Bears O-line has had a lot of problems, and they've made some changes over the last week or so. I'm in on the first half under 20 and a half. If you want to go game under at around 40, I think that's a strong play. David Montgomery, he's now hobbled. Yeah, I think the Bears can hang around, but you have to wonder how's Mitch Trubisky going to score on this Rams secondary with Jalen Ramsey. I also have three player props on this game. You can find that in my article over on 670thescore.com. 
Elsewhere, game of the day as far as I'm concerned. This is going to feature two MVP candidates. Texans coming off their bye following the London trip. Visit the Ravens, and Baltimore is favored by four and a half. Market super high on the Ravens, and I get it. They should be. I mean, they've been lights out lately. Lamar Jackson just been an absolute game changer. They've won five in a row. Two of those wins over the Bengals, worst team in the NFL. But you've also seen convincing multiple score victories over the Patriots and the Seahawks. As far as I'm concerned, this line should be three, and it's inflated up to around four, four and a half. We're still seeing disrespect for Deshaun Watson, and I don't understand it. Houston, six and three on the year. Their three losses, all by one score. And even if the Texans are down late, say by double digits, maybe 10 points, you still have to feel all right. If you're a Texans backer, Deshaun Watson can come through the back door. Give me the Texans plus four and a half. Another game I like late Sunday afternoon, the San Francisco 49ers coming off their first loss, 10 and a half point home favorites against the Arizona Cardinals. We just saw this game a couple of weeks ago on Thursday night, and the Niners won by just a field goal, even though they seem to control most of that game. If we have a repeat result, it wouldn't shock me in the least. Niners, short week off Monday night football, first loss of the season in overtime, a long game, against Seattle. And you have to take a look at the San Francisco injuries if you're going to make a play in this game. They could be without tight end George Kittle again. Wide receiver Manuel Sanders left on Monday. Don't know if he's going to be out there. Tackle Joe Staley, running back Matt Breida, of course, kicker Robbie Gold. He could be out once again. 49ers are just going to want to get out of this one with a victory. And Arizona with Kyler Murray, look what they've done of late. Last six games, three of them they won, and two of those three losses by just a field goal. Give me the Cardinals in a tight division game getting 10.5 points. Let's go to some killer information we got on You Better You Bet this week. First, we check in with Chuck Esposito. He's a bookmaker over at Sunset Station over in Las Vegas. What is your biggest need coming up on Sunday in the National Football League, Chuck? Well, we've seen some action on several games, guys. I think the games they've really backed so far are the Bills, uh, the Redskins, um, the the Raiders, and a little bit on the Broncos seem to be the, the underdog that – uh, the betters are looking at right now. Just knowing the way Minnesota controls the clock and runs the ball so much, relatively low total in that game. Those are the four that kind of stick out right now. The two primetime games I'm kind of interested in, the Bears-Rams game, uh, where these two teams, neither offensively is playing very good. It's a big game to both teams. You've seen that total start to go down a little bit defensively. I can see that. And then the Monday night game um, in Mexico between the Chargers and uh, Chiefs, I think we'll have a lot of handle on that game as well. What is the game plan for Dallas-Detroit? I know you're waiting to see if it's going to be Stafford or Driscoll, but you know, I, I watched that entire Bears-Lions game. I was actually a little surprised. Driscoll was not as bad as a lot of people would expect. The Stafford's out there nowhere near 100% with broken bones at his back. No, I would totally agree with you. I thought Driscoll played pretty well. I don't know if it's the Bears' defense now with without Akeem Hicks and, and double-teaming of, of Mack. That they just don't look like the same defense to me. I would say that's as – I know they're on the field a lot longer, but I didn't think Driscoll played that bad. Uh, we don't have that number up right now. Um, I think it's going to be um, Driscoll, though. Even reports are that Stafford may practice. I just don't see him playing in this game uh, with, with uh, broken bones in his back. I think it's going to be Driscoll, and I think you'll see this game probably open – Somewhere around 
five and a half or six. It's a huge game to the Cowboys. I mean, they're both uh, they're five and four with the Eagles right now. Although they control tiebreakers, they have the much more difficult schedule ahead. They are four and zero in the division. They're only two and two away. And you know, you look at the Lions' secondary; it should be tailor made for Dak Prescott and Gallup and, and Cooper and Jason Witten. But it's a big road test for them because they've got a really tough schedule coming up. But my guess is, guys, you'll see that number open up around five and a half or six once it's announced that it's Driscoll. Chuck, I can't wait for the Super Bowl 52 rematch. Biggest game of the weekend, Eagles and Patriots in Philadelphia. Um, only movement I've seen recently has been on the total up from 44.5 to 45. New England holding steady around a 3.5-point road favorite. What can you tell us on this one and what we can expect around kickoff on Sunday? I think the number's going up, guys. I, I think that we are going to be Eagles fans on our side of the counter. Um, I think, you know, the Patriots come off a loss before their bye. The Eagles are a little bit beat up. Jordan Howard's a little hurt, although Miles Sanders has played really well, especially receiving back out of the backfield. Howard looks to be okay. But I think the bigger loss is Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, he hasn't practiced yet, and it's looking like a more and more of a game-time decision. If he's not there, and he's been kind of that big target, that underneath guy that uh, Wentz needs, he'll be relying on, on Ertz and Goddard a lot more. But I think this number's going to go up. Patriots are pretty much the same road favorite as they were against the Ravens, and we saw pretty much one-sided action in that game uh, where you saw a lot of sharp money come in on the Ravens. I think this game, though, is going to go up, and we're going to be Eagle fans on our side of the counter on Sunday afternoon. All right, good to know. Hold off if you're going to place a bet on the Eagles. Another great game. I was surprised that this one wasn't flexed to Sunday night. Houston and Baltimore. Where are you at right now, and what will you need? You know, early action has been on um, uh, on the Texans in this one, guys. I think you look at both teams, and they're playing great. I mean, you can make a case for Deshaun Watson and uh, Lamar Jackson is, is right up there in the top, you know, three or four for the MVP voting right now. It, these, these two guys are playing so well. I think you'll see a lot of points in this one. And as I said, early action is on Houston. You're right about it potentially being flexed, but, God, it's hard when you've got two really public, big market teams that played a primetime game last year, the Bears and Rams, where defensively the Bears were all over the Rams. It's hard to flex that game out. I can see why they left it as Bear-Rams because that's a huge game to both those two teams, uh, especially Chicago. They need to get that win to go to 5-5 five and five, to have any shot potentially maybe at even looking at a wild card over the last six or seven weeks of the season. Chuck, are you surprised that this Panthers-Falcons number currently sets at Carolina only a four-and-a-half-point home favorite? You know, I don't. I think there's still a lot of non-believers in, in Kyle Allen as well as he's played. Um, Atlanta played so well last week. I mean, they had seven sacks, guys, going into that game against New Orleans, and they had six last week. Uh, they had come off their bye. They got a little bit healthier, um, uh, although Freeman's a little bit banged up. But I'm not surprised. I think anytime it's a divisional game, I think you see those numbers sometimes a little bit lower, and that's why you've seen this number come down. Even last week's game against the Saints, I thought at two touchdowns was outrageously high. I know two teams were trending in opposite directions, but these two teams play so often. They know each other. It's always one of those games where the last team that has the ball you think has a shot to win or cover. I thought that was the case. Easy to play Monday morning quarterback, but I thought that number was really big. But it doesn't surprise me that we've seen some Falcon action on this game either. Brissett back for the Colts. Uh, Foles back for Jacksonville. How's the action coming here? A little bit money on Jacksonville, uh, getting that key number. Um, it's a big game for uh, you know for both these two teams. I think you look at Indy, and that was kind of a bad loss for them last week. They've now lost two straight games. 
Uh, they've kind of fallen out of that wild card position. You look at Foles and Jacksonville's four and five, but they're not out of it either. I think there's a lot of teams kind of in the mix right now in the middle of the pack. Uh, the Raiders sit in that spot right now in the sixth spot, but even though the Raiders are five and four and only a game behind the Chiefs and own tiebreakers over the Chargers and uh, Colts, the Raiders are the only team, guys, with a winning record that have a uh, negative point differential, negative 32, I believe, for the season so far. So although they have favorable matchups the next two weeks against the uh, Bengals um, and Jets, I think you still have to look at that Raider team that if they stub their toe at all, it's going to open the door for a lot of teams to potentially sneak into that, that second wild card spot. That was Chuck Esposito, bookmaker out in Las Vegas over at Sunset Station with myself and my co-host Nick Costos on You Better You Bet this week and a regular on this very show, Drew Dinsick, also known as Whale Capper on Twitter. He dropped by and he's got a take for Bears and Rams. We've got a couple teams with a combined record of 9-9 and on Sunday night. Now what the NFL was planning for their Sunday night game between the Bears and the Rams, a rematch from last year, different conditions this time around. But with the second lowest total of the week at 40, do you have to take a strong look at the Bears getting nearly a touchdown? That's exactly how I break this down, almost to a T. I don't know that uh, either of these teams is really capable of getting into the 20s, which means if you're getting six and a half points, you're in really, really good shape. Uh, It's been pretty well covered this week, and I think it's kind of the key factor for the Rams in this game. They have massive issues with their continuity on their offensive line. Uh, they, mm. they are starting They are starting and playing guys who do not belong in the NFL, let alone starting on Sunday night football. So that if that's not a matchup that can kind of get your pass rush going, uh, then I don't know what is. Uh, I would say that the Bears in general, um, you know, they need they've needed a shot in the arm. Uh, you know, it's ever since Akeem Hicks went out like they really haven't been able to get much uh, pressure, much, you know, much push from a pass rush standpoint. When their defense is getting off the field, it's because their secondary is playing well. So this sets up, I think, pretty well for them to, you know, kind of snap out of their funk. And uh, if Jared Goff is under even a little bit of pressure, he's just not anywhere close to the same quarterback that took the Rams to the Super Bowl last year. So I think um, at six and a half, this is a pretty nice, uh, nice number grab here on the Bears. And I got to tell you, I kind of think they're alive. There is a lot of reports coming out of, uh, you know, sort of the people around the Rams, people around McVeigh. It does not sound like they have a, a, a particularly clear vision of where they want to go offensively as a team. They're struggling pretty, pretty significantly here. It's the and, same for um, both teams. You know, <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, I, yeah, I'm not hanging. I'm not hanging my hopes on uh, Mitch Trubisky all of a sudden looking like, uh, you know, the the number two overall pick in the draft from a couple of years ago. But uh, maybe he does. Yeah. Uh, I would I would just look more at uh, you know the the crisis of conscience going on in L.A. right now, and you know, and and like the Rams were set up to struggle this year. Like you look at their schedule, you look at how much they've been asked to travel. Uh, you know, this is a team that, you know, has was positioned to suffer from the Super Bowl hangover. And lo and behold, here they sit at five and four, well under their expectations. They looked awful last week against the Steelers. I, I would still expect that we see a pretty, uh, you know, pretty honest effort out of this Bears defense, which means you don't have to ask much out of uh, Mitch Trubisky. I guess the only problem is if the if the Rams just put Jalen Ramsey on the right side of the field, then you're now you're now you're talking about the three six nine six kind of game here because if um, Wade Phillips has got to uh, 
you know, if, if he's done his homework and he knows, you know, the right way to kind of make Mitch Trubisky go crazy, then, uh, then they're going to have some pretty good success. But, um, this was, this, this could very well look like, you know, a lot like the game we saw last year in Chicago. Uh, that wasn't a particularly high scoring game. The bears had some advantages that, uh, you know, they, they had some advantages in that game that they that you know they they should have could have won by more. Uh, I was watering. I I was really, I mean, hate to bring this up, but uh, had the double doink not happened, I was watering <laughs> at the mouth to uh, back the Bears in that in that uh, potential uh, divisional matchup against uh, uh, against the Rams again because they they just match up really well against this team and. Uh, you know, yeah. and, the, and the Rams are Rams are dealing with a lot of injuries right now. I get, I think if you can in any way, shape, or form, you know, keep uh, uh, keep Aaron Donald from ruining your your day, then I think the Bears are are alive to get a win here. Well, we are short on time here. Um, Thirty seconds here. If you've got one other play, favorite play on the board that you have not yet mentioned, give it to us now here in about thirty <laughs> seconds. Give me the Chiefs on Monday Night Football. This is this doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand this line. <laughs> I don't under I don't understand why what people are not seeing about Philip Rivers this season. He has a dead arm. He is not going to all of a sudden look good and be able to throw his way to keep up to compete with uh, Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs the way that he did last year. There's just this is this is just a perfect perfect setup for the chiefs to kind of snap out of their funk to a degree uh i'm not counting on the chiefs defense doing much i just don't think that uh, philip rivers has it anymore his arm looks dead and uh you're going to uh you know play at elevation mexico city pat mahomes is going to be chucking the ball deep on every other drive or maybe even every drive i think he was true to his words i think he's going to try to throw you know 80 90 yard touchdown pass here and uh, I think he can do it. And this is a this is a terrible matchup for the Chargers. And probably my favorite side of the week this week is Chiefs at minus four. For whatever reason, it's kind of trickling down a little bit. You might even be able to get minus three and a half. But uh, I don't think either of those numbers come into play because I think the Chiefs win by more than a touchdown. A few minutes from super sharp NFL better whale capper. Uh, his real name is Drew Dinsick. On the show, you hear him on early odds from time to time. And as far as college football, we always check in with our buddy. He goes by Joey Kanish on Twitter. All right, your neck of the woods. It's usually a big weekend. Michigan, Michigan State with a two-touchdown spread. Wondering if it is a big of a deal as it is most years. Uh, what side are we looking at here? I tell you what, you know, Mark D'Antonio, ever since he became coach, this has been uh, – so every year I always do in a – you know, gambling's killed most of my fandom, but the one that I really still truly have left is Michigan football. And so every year – you know, for the last decade or so, I do an emotional hedge of Michigan State spread and money line. Now, fortunately, that's made me a lot of money. Unfortunately, it's really basically taken away my soul and killed me every year, you know, when D'Antonio either covers or beats us outright. Um, Harbaugh's been able to flip the script a touch. This is the first time in a long time where uh, you know, I went into the game did not feel great about Michigan State in the points. Their defense has really fallen off of what I thought was going to be, you know, an elite top five unit. They've lost some players. Last week's meltdown was just absolutely incredible um, against an Illinois team that I thought was was overrated, was inflated. You know, the line got steamed against last week, um, and they still they still come back and win it outright. They've had insane injuries on the offense, offensive line. They've had guys enter the transfer portal. 
I can't in good conscience, especially with the way Michigan has, you know, been able to kind of ramp it up a bit um, when playing a little bit better football. The play calling has been better. I know D'Antonio always throws the kitchen sink. I, I would need the full 14 and a hook to consider a small wager on Michigan State. But this is this is the first time in a long time I have it. That I don't feel that they've got even a, a remote shot to win this outright. Um, and, and it'd be one of those where, you know, hopefully that uh, Michigan's offense doesn't get going a little bit early, that they can keep it within two touchdowns. But if I'm, I'm taking it now at 13 and a half, it'd be really a no play for me. But – you know, it'd be one of those a small lean to, to Michigan if you can get a 12 and a half, 13, small lean to Michigan State at 14 and a hook or better, but but kind of really in no man's land at the moment. Well, Uncle Joey, you know how this is going to work. We're going to hit the big games of the day here. Let's start in the SEC where we got Georgia as a two and a half or three point favorite at Jordan Hare against Auburn. What are you thinking for this game? The total opened up too high. Um, you know, I took a piece of 45 and it opened got a little bit more 44 it's steamed down now 40 40 and a half i would even you know if you can get a flat 41 i still think that's all right um for a small piece on the under there i don't like being in a position where i you know you feel confident auburn's defensive front can, can stop georgia on the ground and they're just not a team that you love to back on the road laying a chunk of points here um you know at two and a half or three if and having to have jake from basically be all of your offense. Um, it's the point with the low total, and I think this game's going to go under. It's such a high premium uh, of on the points here where if you can get a full three with Auburn, that'd be a play for me. I think it's going to bounce basically between two and a half and three for the entire week. One of those that, you know, I say this weekly when there's a game that I really like if you can get on either side live. This is one of those where you feel it's end of the season. Ratings are very accurate, especially the higher tier power five teams. It's a low total. If you get, you know, a 10-point lead or an early score, either way, you know, you can get an Auburn plus 7.5 live or a Georgia maybe plus 3 live if Auburn scores first. That's a strategy I really like in this type of game, um, especially because you figure it's going to land somewhere close to the number, lower total, as I said. Um, so one of those, I don't mind a small piece of Auburn at plus 3, but, but I really like it if you can get either side live um, at a little bit, you know, decent, better price. For weeks, people have been uh, talking up this spot for Navy going up against Notre Dame. And what happens? It opens up around 10, doesn't live long. And now we're looking at some sevens out there. Yeah, I mean, this was one that was always – there was game of the year prices as little as three weeks ago that had this trade in 20. Last week, the look headlines were 14. Oh. It opens up 10, 11. You know, I knew that was going to disappear. I already had some game of the year action, so I didn't get too much more involved. But uh, I knew it was going to take – Notre Dame just has not been great against the run up front. And this is a Navy team that, I mean, they've got play. They got real deal, you know, not military academy playmakers, real deal guys um, that can make explosive plays. They've been good at going up against, you know, whenever they've placed, uh, you know, good AAC opponents this year, um, been able to really dismantle a couple teams on the ground. Uh, the defense, I'm not going to say it's, you know, an elite unit, but, it, you know, for a military academy, I think it's you know, at least respectable. And Notre Dame's a team that they, just, they don't have, you know, I think Jafar Armstrong, it'll be back, so he, he helps, and his, if he can be actually healthy. But they don't have playmakers on the outside. They, you know, they struggled a little bit to protect the quarterback. You know, I know in games against when they've gone up against a little bit better defenses that Book's been under pressure all day. They can't really get the ball downfield um, outside of jump balls to Claypool. You go back to uh, military academies, you know, there's a bunch of trends and all that kind of stuff that people love about, you know, them getting points. And it's another spot where 
if Navy can successfully run the ball on the ground against a Notre Dame team that hasn't been great defending the rush, they're live to win this game. I wouldn't have any interest taking a piece of Notre Dame unless this got to, you know, a five and a half or six on game day. That would be the buy point for me. I still think at a seven and a half, I'm not taking any of Notre Dame there. It would even still be a small lean for Navy at me at that. Dropped down, obviously, a lot from the opener, but I'm, I think Navy is live here, so I, I, I'm not really into any type of Notre Dame buyback, even though this is steamed down quite a bit. Great stuff from a few regulars on You Better You Bet. Weeknights 5 to 9 p.m. Radio.com app. I do the show two to three times per week. Joey Kanish there, Drew Dinsick, and also Chuck Esposito. If you can't listen live during the evening, make sure you download the podcast and subscribe. Inside the Clubhouse is next on Sports Radio 670, The Score, following the GM meetings. Best of luck this weekend, guys. Talk to you next week. Got early odds. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.